0: What if everything you thought of, health and wellness, suddenly changed due to a hidden breathing problem that you are unaware of that affects every system in your body? Improper breathing habits are often overlooked in medicine. I'm Dr. Jenny from the Hobson Institute, and this is The Breathing Lab. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here today in the podcast, The Beauty of Breathing. I have my dear partner in crime, Dr. Martha Cortez. Hi. Hello, and we have the pleasure to introduce Dr. David Shirazi. Hi,
1: nice to see y'all again.
0: Thank you, Dr. Shirazi, for taking the time to do this. Dr. Shirazi is a dentist. He happens to be a dentist, an acupuncturist, and even has his uh, a degree in psychology. And Dr. Shirazi has completed over 2000 hours of continuing education in TMD and facial pain, craniomandibular mandibular orthopedics, and sleep disordered breathing. So we're here to really share our knowledge and mm-hmm. what we do and what Dr. Shirazi do to, to, the, to the public so people understand what's out there for them to help them with TMJ problems, with sleep problems, with problems with the head and neck that just, they don't quite get. So Dr. Shrazi, thank you so mm-hmm. much for joining us today.
1: It's my pleasure to be with like-minded and beautiful ladies. This is, a, this is a good time.
0: Well, I have a question. I have a question.
1: Yeah.
2: TMJ, are you kidding yeah. me? i uh, <laughs> TMJ sleep. Okay, yeah. who in the public understands that? Because most people who have TMJ pain, they just like pain, 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 you know, ache, fatigue, exhausted. But did we ever think about TMD and, and sleep apnea? That's a question for you to really answer here a little on this one.
1: Yeah, I actually published a paper on it where it's called um, TMD and oral facial pain and sleep apnea, correlation or causation. And we actually, I I think I have about 40 uh, studies that I cited in this like two page (laughs) thing I published. Um, But yeah, we know they're correlated. We, We know, we actually can see from research from, so a PSG is an overnight sleep lab study, right? And we can actually see in real time as their airflow starts to decrease, we see them clenching their teeth. And then as their airflow is restored, they stop clenching. So what so is clenching
2: we, then? So what is clenching?
1: Well, well, clenching and grinding is when you, you know, gnash your teeth together and that forces your jaw up into that joint space. And you just push all that synovial fluid out and you compress all those nerves oh. back there.
2: Why are and they to clench when their airway goes down, when their oxygen desaturation goes up, Why are they clenching?
1: Actually, even in the absence of oxygen desaturation, when the oh. airflow is just decreased, we have like shallow breathing we have this reflex. So, I mean, there's a lot, it's not the only reason why we clench and grind our teeth. Right. I mean, we know that happens 50% of the time, the other 50%. Well, we, what we know is anytime our autonomic nervous system is disturbed by something we clench. Okay. We even clench when we pass through different stages of sleep, we tap our teeth, right? We, (laughs) we don't even know why we do that. But like, for example, if you, had like a dairy or a wheat allergy and you have a slice of pizza, you're gonna clench your teeth. That's enough reason to make you clench your teeth. You know, you have an upsetting day, you do something foolish like watch the news, that's gonna make you clench your teeth.
0: Right. Stress does, right? But like those patients, because I'm a physical therapist, Dr. Shirazi. I'm a Mm -hmm. physical therapist. I see TMD patients every day. And all Mm -hmm. of them have sleep disorders. All uh, to to me um, the majority do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: there's so many that are wrecking their jaws
1: mm-hmm.
0: all day and night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The nighttime, okay, but like what's going on in the daytime? Why are they clenching all day? So, Is it because of an airway patency problem? Is it No,
1: I don't that? believe it's an airway patency problem because you're not choking during the day. There's okay. no reflex for the day um, that I know of anyway. Um, during the day, I actually believe this... There's no, you know, some of the things we discussed, there's no way to know for sure. Right. But just given the research, my study, my, my background before dental school was a, I was a biology major. So these things make sense to me. And the theory that I heard is that when we clench during the day, it's an evolutionary remnant from when we were quadrupeds. Right. So when you see a dog biting another dog in the neck, it's not trying to kill it. It's telling that dog, hey, I am controlling you. I am the alpha, right? So, and I've tested it on myself. I tell, I have this conversation all the time with my patients, right? That clench during the day. I I tell them the same thing I'm telling you. And I tell them when we're trying to control a person, situation or thing, and that person could even be ourselves. We clench, we can clench for that reason. So the first thing I tell them is the first time you clench, you catch yourself clenching, Stop and say, What am I trying to control right now? Right. And my female patients, it's like their husband or their kids, like every time, right. The male patients, it's like their coworker or something like that, right. But that's just the common ones. It could be anything. And then the other thing I tell them is, you know, have you ever tried to like break a habit? They're like, Yeah. I go, It's really hard, right. They go, Yeah. I go, And you're wanting to change it. They go, Yeah. I go, well, okay. Now imagine asking someone to change their paradigm and they don't think there's anything wrong with their paradigm. Right. It's not going to happen, right? So you have to understand the futility of trying to control someone's behavior that they don't think there's anything wrong with, right? So I just try to make them more con, just like you do in the breathing. I try to make them more conscious aware in the moment, how they're feeling and how they respond, how they're reacting. To the moment because they're not responding, they're reacting. We want them to respond, not react.
2: Does any of the appliances help with any of this, like an ALF, the cranial ALF, or a sleep up? Ap- I'm just curious.
1: Well, it can. So, it's one also, of the things we've observed weight. with the ALF, and again, we don't know why till for sure, is we see heart rate variability going down. We see a calming in the autonomic nervous system when they have the ALF in right? So yes. that can cause, you know, cause people to calm down enough that they don't clench.
0: With yeah. the elf, because he, of the cranial rhythm, frozen. <laughs> he is frozen, but the, so for everybody that knows what the alpha is, it's, it's a little light wire that, that people um, will have, if they have issues with palatal you know, with other palates, certain dentists, Um, are skilled and trained to place this little wire on the upper palate and the lower palate to expand the the palate each swallow. And Martha, I'm sure you have much more to add.
2: And there are little, little omega loops that you actually open up slowly and that's what creates the expansion. But it's very safe, very, because it doesn't fixate into the cranial bones. So eventually you can lift the cranium
0: onto the neck. My, both my children had it for a long time. I had it for a long time and it helped so much to help decompress the head. You, you really had a much more um, awareness of your tongue posture that I remember with, that, with the ALF, the, the little omega loop right at, right behind the front upper teeth. It just, it made you want, I remember Clyde, even my son had even a little tongue toy there and he would just play with it and it helped expand the palate naturally. Oh, we got Dr. Shirazi back. Hold on a second. I'm going to add him back. <laughs> here he comes. Dr. Shirazi. <laughs> you coming back? Here he is, where he is. He was here a moment ago. So anyway, there he is. Hi, so You're we're
1: on the am so Sorry, I lost you. So where, okay. do, where do we live <laughs> on, on the elf, elf And
2: discussing yeah. what is the elf?
1: So, well, the ALF is Advanced light wire Functional Appliance. It's just a, a simple centeloid wire that goes on the palate and the mandible. And let me just make you full screen. I don't know why it didn't do it, but okay.
2: So do you use, an, other than an elf? any interesting case? Of TMD sleep apnea because there is a there there is a crossover about seventy eight percent of TMD that goes into OSA but the OSA does is only fifty two percent into TMD mm. which is yeah. an interesting statistic uh, yeah and what is it and also clenching why is it culturally there's certain cultures that clench more especially women
1: so it's a, I, would, I wouldn't call women a culture. Um,
2: I would call it a culture because I see it very, not in women, but there are certain cultures with women that clinch more. And unfortunately, the vertical decreases tremendously.
1: Yes, it does. Now
2: we're going to affect the cranial fossa and the glyphatics in order to drain and detox the brain. Little subtleties. Yeah. That's why I like yes. these. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why I always joke with everyone that gets excited about doing functional orthopedics and, and, and airway. I always tell them, I go, do you, are you doing ALF? They go, no. I go, you will, you know, (laughs) all roads lead to ALF. You will, you know, eventually I've been doing this 22 years. So you, you will. Um, But yeah. And, and we do find that the prevalence of TMJ disorders and pain is equal between men and women but women act on doing something about it more. Right. Right. And, and we see that in women of childbearing age, as we know, estrogen sensitizes pain, right? So that it makes them much more motivated to do something about it because it affects them so harshly.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. I
1: I mean, it's evidence-based. Yeah.
0: I know that, um, like the alpha is something like we're, we're talking to the public here. People do not know much about anything around what, what can be done for TMJ, um, you know, airway, what airway, meaning like being able to breathe well in a comfortable, you know, head and neck posture without a lot of tension. That's right. How do you achieve this? Dr. Shirazi? What, what, like, what, how do you decide what, appliance to use and, mm-hmm. and how to come, go through the process? What, what, and what other p- providers do you maybe include in your, yeah. your care?
1: Well, the answer is always, it depends because everyone is different. There's this great picture that I put in my lecture slides. I, imagine like a piece of glass, right? And um, in that glass there's an outline of a patient, right? And it's falling. And when we see them, we're seeing them through one piece in time when they come to us, right? So we have to kind of discern, you know, which 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 is it, the horse leading the cart or the cart leading the horse? What is the sequela? How was their birth delivery? What was their childhood like? What was their did they have allergies? Did they have their, all these things? And then of course you got the genetic component on top of it as well. So we just take the time. So on the initial consult, we take a good hour and a half, sometimes two hours. Um, we go over their history. We take a cone beam CT scan to look at their airway, their neck, their jaw, their, their teeth. And, um, and I do what's called a motor reflex test, which is a neurological test that can, I don't have you, have you, are you both familiar with it?
0: You know what, that sounds like what the doctor almost teaches. Is yeah. that right? Yes.
1: That's right. It's a brilliant uh, uh, functional neurological test. It's like a platella tendon test right, where you don't have any control over it. And it does something extremely unique in medicine, which is it will not only tell you if a structure and of course it's neurological component is in sympathetic dystrophy, but then it tells you the hierarchy. If you have more than one, that that's never been done before. And that's why, I mean, the number one reason why pain is such a difficult thing, just in general, to treat, because we don't know where the pain is really coming from, because we have a phenomenon called central sensitization, right? Are you familiar? You're nodding.
0: I, I do dry needling, and we learned all about, you know, when the sympathetic nervous system goes out of whack, that the, 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 basically the thoracic ganglion just are. All, all the input goes basically crazy mm-hmm. and pain gets experienced kind of more spread out.
1: Yeah, pain and function not- with the trigeminal ganglion, right, in the pons. So like, for example, migraines are centrally sensitized trigeminal disorders, right? You have these blood vessels that are opening and closing abnormally, and something is telling the brain to do that right? And that's what central sensitization is. You have peripheral pain coming from somewhere and it just, the bucket gets filled up. And when the bucket starts to overflow, other parts of the body start to hurt or malfunction. So that is why when patients go in at that point at the malfunction part and the doctor's like, well, here's this medication or here's the surgery, they're really just trying to treat the patient's symptoms. They're not looking at, well, how did they get there, right? What, what builds up to this moment, right? And not not to go off on a tangent, but the patient psychology is a big portion of this too. How they deal with themselves in the world is a huge part of how they'll be able to cope with life and how they'll cope with pain.
0: I would agree with that too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I don't think all providers think of the psychology of the patient and, and they kind of go into certain ways of treating airway and TMD and it's it's sometimes difficult for patients that have had a lot of history of trauma and things like that to, to deal with something being forced on them or, you know, an uncomfortable situation in their mouth or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I find that what physical therapists do that treat the TMJ and they release the head and neck and they kind of unwind the patient as they, as they go through the treatment, you know, of whatever oral appliance, normally it's an oral appliance that it needs to change structure because people have not been breathing well for many years and they've adapted to it and their airway and their neck and their curves their spinal curves have adapted to it that they need um, proper breathing training proper swallow training and proper postural training to help them deal with new things in their mouth that are trying to create new new changes in airway and palatal size or tongues Tongue space size. That just yeah. even changes. It's so all the compensation.
2: Because like the patient that walked in today, she had that, that little step on C4, C5. And you mm-hmm. can see the vertical decrease in the space. And then you look in the teeth, there's already one millimeter of vertical decrease in the vertical. And the, the little hills have flattened. So now we know that the brain is getting less blood flow, at least 50%. And the jugular veins are actually now narrower so how are we going to actually have that brain function correctly because it's not detoxing correctly Mm. that alone you you have to start with breathing but the breathing wasn't correct in utero Mm -hmm. so now and then even the cranial rhythms were off and if you look at the face there you have your inspiration who are more horizontal and now they're they're long and narrow they're stuck in exhalation and they develop an exhalation and they're shallow breathers like where do Mm -hmm. you start? The breathing, do we have to consider the NT or do we put um, mini implants, a skeletal expander to open up the nose? Yeah. No, we start with breathing. We start right. with the swallow. We start with the fascia release in the body before we even touch the teeth, but maybe a little bit of those headaches because they still have those morning headaches. So St. Babine is, is coming in. Oh, there were two pregnancies. that they feel as good before the pregnancy, after the pregnancy? No. All of a sudden, it's a compensation human being. There is so much compensation, but you have to start with that nose and breathing. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Psychologically, anyone who's being suffocated, how could they even be emotionally mature enough to even breathe? Because they're not breathing, they're being choked.
1: Well, you know, I would, I, yes, but I would put that in a different way. So we know when we mouth breathe, we outgas too much entitled CO2, right? When we do that, that has a direct effect on our autonomic nervous system, right? And our autonomic nervous system is in, you know, either fight or flight or rest and restore, right? So if you're mouth breathing and your entitled CO2 drops to like 30, and you then start going into a little bit of fight or flight mode, and then you stay. In fight or flight mode, then your response to the world is going to be different than if you were calm, and it w- and your nervous system was in a parasympathetic tone. So I'm I'm with you on that, in that way.
2: So start with the breathing.
1: Start with the breathing.
2: <laughs> now you
1: say it. Ironically, you know, for the longest time, for the longest time, uh, Dr. John Beck, who created the yes. motor reflex test. Yes. He would say in his research, and there's been, I think, at least four studies done on the motor reflex test. He would say the, the brain has prioritized itself with the bite, then the breathing, then the balance, the orthopedic balance. And, you know, for the longest time, I couldn't understand why would the brain care more about the bite than the breathing. It makes no sense. We're like, okay, maybe it's because the brain needs glucose, you know, and you need to chew other, we're just trying to figure this out. And then Lois Laney pointed out about five years ago (laughs) that one of the main purposes of swallowing is to inform the brain that the airway is clear. And of course, what do we do when we swallow? We bite, right? And so, and each tooth has 1500 nerves Most of those nerves are proprioceptive and they're there to tell the brain where the jaw is in space and where the other teeth are, just like an alligator, right? So because we have to breathe and we have to make sure that the airway is clear to breathe, the body has then put a little bit of priority over the bite, over even breathing. It's an interesting phenomenon neurologically that we see.
2: But it's the swallow- bite it's not the bite it's the swallow bite because it's the, yeah, swallow. the habitual bite and, you yeah. have to, and it's not just the habitual bite because a lot of people have not gone from their infantile swallow which is directed by the facial nerve versus mm-hmm. the direct swallow which is the adult nerve which then would go into the trigeminal nerve brachial mm-hmm. plexus one and so now we have we have to convert them from infantile and you can't but you have to change of that course. swallow and it is ANS it's, and it's that trigeminal. And if that trigeminal gets affected, now we have 50% occupation of that trigeminal is in the brain. It's 50% occupation of all the other cranial nerves. Yeah. That's people don't realize the one nerve That's occupies right. a lot of space over the 12 cranial nerves.
1: It, so it has you, a lot of functions to do, <laughs> yeah.
2: True. That's true, and I remember with almost the uh the uh, homunculus
0: Groove again yes. mouth ahead of almost 50 percent
1: that's right that's right
0: you can change the the sympathetic nervous system tone you can change it you can mm-hmm. easily use breathing to r- restore you know more of a parasympathetic um, nervous system just by activating the the vagus nerve and you know, reducing the, the, the firing of the trigeminal nerve it's hyperactive, that's the Lois Laney uh, restorative breathing method. And I, you know, I think that that's why I included in the breathing clinic. I think it's, it's, it's critical. It's not all, you know, everybody has a little bit to say about breathing. <laughs> and, and and no one has it all. Nobody has it all. Buteco is not all. Lainey's not all. Um, myofunctional therapy is not all. You know. It's, yeah.
1: And dentistry is not all either. No. You know, what we do as dentists is not all either.
0: No. You know? No. Yeah. And in like the the like PRI postural restoration. I don't know if any of you know what that is. I know Martha, you're working with Brad Gilden. He's excellent. But the rib cage movement. Is a big deal. Like some people are just rigid in their rib cage. They're yeah. just rigid and they don't move, and it, it, it creates a problem in the neck, and that creates a problem in the jaw. You know, neck and jaw are completely related. So
2: if you watch a patient as they're breathing, very often that upper right quadrant and that first rib that I learned from Doctor Almost also, that is a problem. That first rib, that stuff, but it's this quadrant, and it doesn't let them exhale all the way. So they're mm-hmm. insufficient exhalers. So now they have to relearn. And again, it goes back to that rib. Exactly what you just said. It's that rib. Mm-hmm. So it's here, but then it's that rib. So I'm like, oh my God, they're breathing more first.
0: Breathing, but it's not here only. It's- cage And how the rib cage mm-hmm. is affected and how the body relates and if they're arms swinging or not, if they're I don't right and left. Like one, st- you know, you start getting one side dominant and normally people re- like avoid the left side. They always start to lean onto the right side and it shifts the body's center of gravity. So it, it's, so all of that affects, you know, what you do as a dentist, what I do as a PT and what any myofunctional therapist does with the tongue and the, and the breathing. So it, it's, but we we all need to keep the conversation going because it's, I know. So, yeah, <laughs>
2: it's really, it's, we really, and the more we all learn, the more we all say, Oh my God, I don't know enough. Yeah. Oh my God, How much more. And that talks, to, I was like a master's in oriental medicine. Right. Dr. Shirazi. <laughs> Dr. Shirazi, <laughs> how did you in fit psychology, that in? A master's in psychology. And I'm giggling. I'm going, oh, my God, because really it is en- encompassing how much we have to, to raise our patients because all we're doing is really re- raising their energy to remember why we're on earth. Why is this human on earth? How mm-hmm. much energy do they need to be on earth to remember? So I'm like, oh my God, the masters of or- Tell me more. Masters and <laughs> acupuncture. What would you like to know? Or- <laughs> what would you like you know, to because know? because it's really essential to balancing So, I was reading that it says your bite, your bite, the balance.
1: Oh, a a bite, breathe, balance study group and podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Well, coming back to the Chinese medicine part. So, in Chinese medicine, we say the front is yin and the back is the yang, right? And you've seen the yin yang symbol, right? How, like, you know, it, it rotates like that. Well, we say the moment of transition. From the yang to the yin is where the tip of the tongue touches the spot.
2: Huh. Oh. I did not know that. But that yeah. is called, isn't that also that other point? There's a point there. A governor's point. There's a, point. a nascent point exactly there, right there. On the,
1: I, on, on the, on the, on the palate? I don't know. On the, underneath the tongue, yeah. I'm not sure of a point. And, of course, you have a point right here. But that's a governor vessel point. Great for gagging patients, by the way. A, a dentist magnet? anecdotally um posts every now and then on the forums how he takes like an endophile and uses it as an acupuncture point on there for patients that gag when he's trying to take an impression <laughs> Oh my
2: goodness. Mm-hmm. i would just knock into it you can always acupuncture
1: you could tap it absolutely you could use a magnet even yeah
2: it would be even better
1: mm-hmm. yeah no there's I, I honestly i'm gonna be I'm a very direct and honest person. I don't, I, I, try and, I, don't, I don't know if I have anything to hide. But um, everything I did was for purely selfish reasons. Okay. So um, I remember being 18 and I had a cold and I have a neurotic Jewish mother who made me go to Kaiser, right? So I go to Kaiser and there's this room full of sick people hack, hacking and coughing. So I leave, I come back an hour later because I don't want to wait in the waiting room the guy takes me in and he gives me he gives me antibiotics and everyone in my family is a doctor or dentist. So I'm like, okay, so this thing's in my nose, right? He goes, yeah. And I had remembered the term rhinovirus. So I said, if it's in my nose, it's a, it's a virus, right? He goes, yeah. I go, well, then what's the antibiotic going to do for the virus? (laughs) And he, and he goes, so I'm 48. So this is exactly 30 years ago. He goes, um, Well, the the antibiotic will focus on the, you know, bugs in your system so that your immune system can focus on the virus. I said, okay. I went home, told my mom, she's a dentist. She's like, listen, you got to do whatever the doctor tells you to do, (laughs) right? So I took the antibiotic, but I was a nerd. So I went into the library and I looked it up. And even then we know you don't give antibiotics for right. violent viral infections. So honestly, I came out of it with like, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. It was really, those are my thought process, right? Imagine an 18 year old like that. So I decided I'm going to learn something holistic after I knew I was going to be a dentist. Uh, I want to learn something holistic so that I can take care of my family when I have a family. And I was studying Shaolin martial arts and the teacher was a dental technician when he was in the army before he studied martial arts. And he goes, Dave, I know you're going to be a great dentist, but you should go learn Chinese medicine. Oh. So he, he turned me on to it. I love that. I go, dad, this is pretty holistic. I could do this. Right. And then immediately after dental school, I got, I went after my master's in Chinese medicine while working full time. And um, while I was doing it, um, I started to do ortho patients and and the, the kids were easy and the parents were like, well, you, you fixed my kid. Can you? We didn't even I didn't even know I was treating sleep apnea, by the way. This is over 20 years ago. I didn't know what sleep apnea was, even though I had it. I didn't know what it was. So we were treating it as so parents parent. Like, Can you treat me? And I was like, well, I'm going to have to learn. So then I took some almost courses, started doing it. And at the same time, I got into the clinic in acupuncture school. And I started to do acupuncture in combination with the lasers, the appliances, and it was far more, and I, I was not one of those frustrated dentists. I love dentistry. I think it's cool still. And I, you know, people tell me about these new dental materials. I think it's awesome. But this to me was far more satisfying than drilling teeth and doing root canals and extracting wisdom teeth and doing any of that. So It was kind of easy for me to kind of let that go and then combine the acupuncture with this, right? And then again, after I finished the master's in Chinese medicine, I did this this master's in psychology again for me. You know, I was I was good. I was getting married and I was very, you know, hopefully was wanting to have a family. And I was like, well, I don't want to carry on all my childhood traumas on to my kids. So I was like, OK, I'm going to go take this thing and I'm going to make myself a better person. And I did. USM is one of the best How things ever. How many men did.
0: do that, Martha? Oh, my goodness. Dr. Shirazi, well. can we clone you?
1: <laughs> you're very kind but so but so then i did that and then i had the tools to help me not just deal with my patients but for everyone else in my life and i'm still learning it's not like i'm a guru there's, there's you know?
2: no way that we ever learn enough that's
1: right
0: it's just you no know i would i would like to to we need to we need to end soon just because it's it's almost time but um i want i want some words of wisdom from dr shirazi okay
1: yeah.
0: You're a very intelligent man. You've dealt with many, many people that are sick or tired or just not well. Yeah. What, what would you say to the public? How can they stay healthy? How can they stay just healthy people that are, you know, inspired to live life to their fullest? How can that happen? What would you recommend for them?
1: So the first thing, I do have an opinion on it, right? So the, the first thing is to realize is that your mental health is the most important thing. That's number one, okay? And when you have at least a foundation of mental health, a, a slight, even a slightly positive outcome, then you can have a little bit of oversight into your own psyche and saying, okay, well, I'm gonna take this day by day. Okay. I'm going to set little baby goals for myself for myself. And I'm going to like, you know, this is where I'm going to, you know, want to lead up to. These are my goals, but I'm going to start with baby goals. And then I'm going to work my way up. And the challenges time I have is I'm not going to judge myself if I don't complete this little baby goal. I'm going to try again the next day. Right. And the next day and so on until I get it. And just being loving with ourselves is a huge part of that. Right. Just being okay with ourselves and saying, okay, well, I'm I'm trying to like deal with what happened to me in my childhood, and I'm gonna move forward and I'm gonna do it in the best way I can. And when and when you do that and you realize some people like seriously, the internet is a wash with all these Karen videos and um, you know, <laughs> angry driver videos and all, all this stuff. When when you when you change your focus on yourself and that, you're gonna be like, yeah, I I think that that guy should probably work on his own stuff too. And and you realize that they're not really mad at you. They're really upset with themselves, right? So when your perspective changes to, I'm just going to take it day by day. I'm, I'm, you know, I do have goals. Some are big, some are medium, some are little, but I'm going to focus on the ones that are right in front of me right now. And I'm going to be loving with myself as I do it.
2: So as you said, you know, Doctor Sharasi, you're very smart, and all I wanted to say was, he's all hard. Oh,
1: yeah. you're so sweet.
2: I feel it. I feel <laughs> oh, it. Oh
1: God! I honestly, if have you guys done a podcast with Derek Nordstrom yet?
0: I know Derek very well, and he's uh, amazing, and he's he's one of honestly. honestly. I I I've told my husband this. He's one of the kindest people I've ever. He met. He's the
1: most loving person I, I know. Hundred percent. Right? I, I had a patient come in. And she said, it was so ridiculous. She came in and said, she goes, I went to see Dr. Nordstrom. And he said, no one can help me. And I, and I said, are you sure? She goes, I'm sure. I said, listen, this guy could teach Jesus how to be more kind. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you're talking about the same guy. Right. So, uh, so I said, well, I know him personally. He's my mentor. Can I go and call him? She goes, Yeah. So I call him. And of course, if you want to call Derek, you have to call his wife. So oh, I story. call Ruth and, and I said, Hey, Ruth, I've got so-and-so in the chair. And she goes, Oh yes. She accused Derek of saying that he can <laughs> she knew immediately. <laughs> right. And we laughed about it because it's such an impossible thing. The man is so loving. Right. It's so loving. I, I I told my wife a few months ago, my father passed away. I think it's, three or four years ago now. It's just now, he would have been uh, 82 now. Uh, And of course that was very sad. I said, you know what, honey? If God forbid uh, Derek dies before me, I will cry much harder than when my own dad died. Oh, he's such, he's pure love, he's pure love. Precious, I know,
2: and a little brain too. He has the most amazing brain, loving, and wonderful. but Well, okay. it's just that
1: he's a left brain genius and he's yes. a right brain, like medical intuitive. He's just, he's just unbelievable. And he
2: channels very easily. Yes, he does. Yes.
1: And, and this, and I told, I told Ruth, I go, I think he might be a vampire, right? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, he doesn't see his own reflection in the mirror. No. Oh. You know, because one time, like, I'm not joking, about 10 or 15 years ago, I said, Derek, I was wondering if you could like coach me and mentor me to be more like intuitive, like you are. Right. And he goes, well, Dave, you know, I'm really surprised to hear you say that. And I was like, and I was like, what you're, you're the intuitive, you're surprised. Right. And he goes, I always thought you were more intuitive than me. Right. And this, he doesn't see himself. He doesn't know how great he is. He just doesn't know,
0: Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been such a pleasure, Dr. Shirazi. Really, thank you. I, I hope we can have you again on our podcast. I would
1: be delighted. I had a wonderful time and it flowed so great. So uh, yeah, just let me know when and we'll do it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Dr. Martha Cortez. Thank you, Martha. This is oh, the so great. beauty of breathing podcast. And thank you so much. And we will we will be back shortly for our next podcast. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Bye, everyone. Thank you
0: for listening to The Breathing Lab with Dr. Jenny.